What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Cloudin. I am super happy to finally be joined by all three of our co-hosts on this very special final episode nine WandaVision recap and series review. So please welcome back our good friend, Brandon. Brandon, how the hell are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good. It's it's great to be back. I, I feel like I can't just keep taking weeks and upon weeks of hiatuses because just work has just been so busy i haven't really had time to do anything lately um but it is good to be back it's unfortunately it's unfortunate that we have to see one division go but we have stuff moving forward with the mcu we have falcon and winter soldier coming we have doctor strange 2 coming so in the in the grand scheme of things it's 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 sad to see the show go but it's great to see the future of uh, the mcu coming on so Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And also joining us today, Mr. Nick Spain. Nick, how are you, sir? Doing well, Phoenix. How are you doing? Superb, sir. There we go. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with Brandon. It's sad to see this show go, but knowing that every single week this year, we will have some sort of MCU content. The future Ooh. is bright, for sure. Absolutely. And of course, joined by the CEO of Hot Takes himself, Mr. Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you, sir? 
I'm good, Phoenix. I'm glad we're finally talking about WandaVision, especially the four of us. You know, we wanted to get all four of us here for this giant recap episode. Thankfully, we are here all together. So, you know, I'm not as sad to see WandaVision go because, like you all said, um, brighter pastures. But nonetheless, it's a few days after the episode, as at least as we're recording this. So happy to, to finally hear everyone's thoughts and finally get to talk about it with with someone other than this guy sitting next to me because i know how he feels <laughs> all right well we talked about it let's dive into it so it was the season finale or series finale we'll we'll we'll, we'll find that out soon of wandavision and uh it went out in in my opinion with a bang so uh a superb well, i won't say superb but a a fitting ending for what WandaVision ultimately was. And uh, I just, I mean, there's so many things to, to get into, but I want to hear all of you guys' uh, original thoughts, overall thoughts on the final episode. Yeah. N- non-spoiler, spoiler, what are we doing? Spoiler. Non-spoiler. Or, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, let's do spoiler. Yeah. If, you, if you've uh, listened this far, uh, if you clicked on episode nine slash season recap, podcast episode you've probably seen you probably all seen so yes <laughs> we are talking spoilers for the series and episode nine of wandavision we're going to try to just stick to episode nine for the moment um and then get into the series now but I, I guess i'll start off since i'm already talking um i think this was a good episode mm-hmm. if you just take the 46 minutes or however long it is at face value i think it's a good episode as a series conclusion, <laughs> I think it is ridiculously underwhelming. Ridiculously. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at. We'll get into specifics. I know we are talking spoilers, but I don't want to get too far down the, the trail. I think that as an individual episode, it's entirely rewatchable. You can sit down and you can you know, have fun with it. And it's got a lot of cool stuff. Trust me, there were moments that I was like, wow. But if you're saying this is the bookend of the series, this is it, everything we've worked for up to this point leads to this, it's underwhelming. Well, thank God I have other people here because I'm tired of hearing Nathan say that. <laughs> but um, I, I completely disagree. Like Phoenix said earlier, for what WandaVision was and what it was going for, it's exactly what it needed to be. It was a fantastic ending for the show and the show is not a standalone show, which is what we have to think about. It's not a standalone show. It's part of a bigger universe. It's part of connecting to movies, setting up things for phase four. Phase four literally just started. So it is far from underwhelming. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to be, uh, I'm going to agree answer this um, with Nathan here. It was an underwhelming finale, but as an individual episode as itself, it was good. And it set up a lot of things for the future, but I just think it felt rushed. Um, I, that's all I can really say for now without going down the rabbit hole of just like talking about the entire thing. With the 50-minute runtime, they tried to cram so much into it that it just felt rushed. And uh, I'm going to hit that same beat as well. Like, I really enjoyed this uh, this episode, and I really enjoyed this as a season finale but it was rushed. I'm like, there's there's no reason that this couldn't have had an extra 10, 15 minutes added to it 
just to just to get a, a greater understanding at least of Hayward's intentions or mm-hmm. or you know saying his motivations. Uh, I think we could have spent at least 10, 15 minutes there. And that really would have would have uh, I think in my opinion would have anchored the entire series together. Um, I think it does well with Wanda and Vision's story, which I think is fantastic. And it, it, it really like nails that entire aspect. But in terms of like everything they had set up, they left a few things on uh, on the table that, uh, yeah, you know, well, we, and, we hope get settled, but yeah. And, and something that, that I will preface and say, and is why I, I think I'm more high on it than you guys is that this was supposed to be 10 episodes. Mm. This series was supposed to be 10 episodes there was supposed to be a whole deeper subplot with Darcy and Vision and Tommy and Billy. Darcy only got one line in the ninth episode because they had to cut that whole entire subplot of of her and, and Vision and the kids. It was supposed to be 10 episodes. The rabbit was supposed to turn into a demon, which is probably Mephisto. But because of COVID, they had to cut some things out they had to leave it empty so yes i i you know partially agree with some of the things that you're saying but i'm i'm gonna cut cut them some slack because with covid and with everything going on the full dream couldn't couldn't be realized with that and i I think with the things that i've heard that were supposed to be a part of the show and physically could not be part of the show i think they they did really good with what they had yeah and and i want to comment on a couple of things there yeah absolutely some slack should be cut that they weren't able to do everything that they wanted to because of a global pandemic and they just wanted to get some content out but (laughs) at the end of the day we have to judge it for what it is not what it could have been like we have to to judge it at face value for what we got so I'm gonna remember, remember, remember everybody that Nathan said. Continue. <laughs> so, so the other thing is that, um, God, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, so we don't expect them to answer everything. Like, I get that this is not a standalone series. Like, I don't need every single thing to be answered, right? I, we were expecting some cliffhangers, but they just left almost everything open. Like, they didn't tie a tie the loose end to, to pretty much anything and and um that was that was odd to be honest with you and um yeah i did not know that about the 10th episode so like that's uh that's news to me uh so I, i'm hoping what would be really really cool is if they right before i don't know dr strange multiverse of madness or captain marvel 2 they release that hidden 10th episode if they've shot it or if they I, was gonna say, I, I think it i think it's more of the fact that they were planning on doing 10 episodes but because uh, of covid they couldn't get to everything uh, that they wanted to do so they had to just work with what they yeah had. and disney will not yeah 10th episode if it survives if it's out there it's not gonna happen you're not um, gonna do that. i was gonna say see, and if it is see, here, if there was 10 episodes it's probably a bunch of episode nine because it right. was the ending so See, here's my issue with, with it is, yeah, the, I understand the urge to put stuff out. People are desperate. But if you're if you're planning on getting another episode out, delay the delay the in, to delay the release of this show 
so you can film that final episode, get everything edited, get the VFX in there, and get it done. That's that's my issue with it is, like, I, I'm going to start going down a little rabbit hole a little bit, is, like, there was a lot of things that were rushed, such as Jimmy Woo getting arrested out of nowhere. Like, it didn't show him getting arrested. It just showed him walking up to the base in handcuffs. When did he get arrested? When did that happen? Well, so let's let's kind of save the the um well no actually go ahead keep keep go ahead and go (laughs) things that felt rushed for episode nine sure go ahead yeah like there was that there was um darcy out of nowhere just ramming hayward with the with the vans random and one thing that i felt sorry one thing that i felt was super rushed that i think they're gonna have to do a better job or at least didn't impact me like it probably impacted everyone else was her kids her relationship with her kids Mm. i felt like her kids were were kind of throwaway characters to be honest they weren't developed whatsoever they were never showed like bonding with with wanda or vision so at the very end credit scene when her kids are calling out and we assume that's going to set up her looking for her kids in the multiverse i'm not like wow, she's going to search for her kids because I don't feel any connection to them. They weren't real, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, they never really formed any bond, any attachment. They hardly got any screen time. So I wasn't like, yes, go rescue your kids. It was like, oh God, they're going to bring them into the, really? Well, I, I do want to comment on that. Like, yeah, I think I think the whole phasing them up, aging them up five years thing really kind of hurt their their development. But at the same time, like knowing who these characters are, you know, um, what is it, Speedster and, and Wiccan, like they're vital to the young Avengers. So like, I, I, I know we're getting more. So like, while it was interesting to see them being introduced in WandaVision, they, they, you're right, they didn't get a lot of screen time. There's not a lot of emotional attachment to them. However, knowing that there's more to, to come with them. I'm looking forward to that. That well, makes sense. And also my thing too is I, I really think episode seven, I know we're we're getting into the series kind <laughs> of, so I'll touch on this quick, but I think episode seven really hurt it in that aspect because Wanda was going through this week. Like, I get it. There were supposed to be sitcoms and for each decade, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, I get that they were supposed to do that. I get that episode seven was supposed to be a modern family episode. But Nathan and I talked about this last week. They killed all their momentum when they kept going to the sitcom aspects. In the beginning, like four or five episodes, they they were one that together. Was the forefront. Right, when that was the forefront. But once we started to get like the outside and everything going on with Agatha, they the sitcom and the actual story elements were like butting heads, fighting for for screen time. It's like it's like two kids wanting wanting one parent's attention. That's <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. Is because they felt obligated to go along with this modern family style. Vision wasn't even with wanda in that episode wanda was like doing like you know salt not, i wouldn't say sulking is the right word but just not being herself and it kind of left a but a hole when it comes to getting to know their family it's so it was a modern family inspired episode but they weren't together as a family 
And that's mm-hmm. that's my big issue. It's like the kids weren't developed at all. They have powers, and that's really cool. But like we didn't really see them get to use them all that often. And especially we didn't see any relationship with their parents, with their mom, with their dad. Yeah, they had a relationship with themselves. And that was right. Like, yeah. And <laughs> so so when they call out at the end of the episode, it was to me, it was more like that's is that going to be the reason she creates the multiverse really to save her kids that were not real, that she never had any attachment to we saw on screen really i hope there's a better explanation for that because sure i i get i get they're vital to young avengers i get that but from what they showed us in wandavision given there was a cut episode what we saw though that's going to be the reason the mcu creates the multiverse i really hope that's not the reason but see i i feel like it's less about her kids because we know that parents have attachments to their kids that's just how it is i don't think that like I think we're looking too deep at it. I think the point of that last scene was because of this whole trauma that Wanda's been through and for the fact that she just wants to have a family and all the shit that was going down in Westview kind of kept her from doing that. And she had to let Vision go, had to let her kids go, no matter if they showed it on screen or not. Her kids are her kids. And I feel like it's more of the fact about she wants a family rather than 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 what we've been talking about so let's just kind of kind of get back on track here with episode nine so uh what did we think necessarily of of white vision let's start there like white vision (laughs) fighting normal vision i feel like that's got to be a good place to start i liked that aspect of it um i think it started off really well um uh, a computer talking to a computer about the ship of thesis was actually pretty funny. Um, but I'm it's they brought vision back to life somehow, but he pulled a Gamora to where like he realized this is where he's supposed to be, but he just disappears and it's going to be set up for future stuff. So technically vision is back in the MCU. We just don't know how. Like, because Westview Vision didn't explain to Wanda that, like, hey, I reactivated this guy's memories. Right. He's out there somewhere. He, he, I think there was just another rushed plot point is he just failed to tell her that. Um, real quick, before we touch on anything else, before I forget this, Evan Peters being used for no, a boner no, joke. No, 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 we'll get to that. Trust <laughs> me, okay, we will okay, talk about that. Just making sure. Just making that sure. needs its own segment. So trust me, we'll get to that. Let's. But no, yeah, um, trust me, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet. With, with me, you don't want to go down there. I don't want to hear it for the eighth time, please. But I want to comment on white vision. Um, I did. I did enjoy that. I really liked the the beginnings of their of their fight scene. Um, I just thought that was really well done, well choreographed, um, and it was it was pretty entertaining. Uh, the ship of theses conversation was hilarious. I, I like that, but I, I I don't like that they brought Vision back. I, I don't know. I don't know if everybody's in agreement with that, but. That wait, was, wait, wait, wait. The MCU brought a dead character back? I, exactly. No way. Exactly. No and, way. And they like, never do that. And, uh, and I'm just like, look, I get it. You know, it's the fake death MCU, but 
that one, I, I really wanted that one to stay. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it that one needed to stay. It just, it really sort of anchored, I think the emotional weight of Infinity War that that tied into Endgame, that tied into WandaVision. It just, it made more sense. He was, I, I don't want to dismiss him, but he, he made more sense as a dead character. He was more useful. It, as they did. I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, White Vision. I don't think White Vision equals Vision. I think that there's going to be some some sort of conflict with that down the line where either A kind of helps propel the multiverse theory where Wanda like expects him to be like the Vision that she created and he's not like that because like, yeah, you can have Vision's memories, but you can't like right. make, you know? And like, and I feel plus, like I feel Plus like vision does not equal too. white vision and it's not like a straight like pull from from vision and itself. There's will, gonna be something that's gonna happen. I will be happy if it somehow leads us back to Ultra. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Oh well I was hoping for that when White Vision talked, it was Ultron's voice. That would have been sweet. <laughs> See, that would have been sweet. Exactly. That would have been so, so great. See, uh, another thing was Paul Bettany setting up that, like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that too. It's, it's kind of related uh, to that. It, it's kind of related to this. It's kind of we'll related to, to this, too. though. Trust me. That's, okay. Oh. Okay. You're, you're, okay. So it'll be worth it. So my issue with my ahead. issue with Vision being back is technically in the MCU whole, there are only two characters that are actually dead. Dead. Black Widow and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Out of this entire timeline, because you, you killed off Loki so many times, he's back because 2012 Loki is now alive. You go back, Vision died in Infinity War. He And then he died twice in Infinity War. <laughs> and then he is brought back from the Mind Stone, dies again, but White Vision is out there now, so Vision is back. But see, I don't think Vision equals White Vision. I think it's going to be completely separate. And Gamora's I get what back. you mean. I get what. Yeah, exactly. Gamora's back too. But I, Nick, I get where you're coming from. But at the same time, Vision that White Vision now has is that, the original yeah. Vision's memories. Is that is that seeing that character repurposed? You know what I'm saying in the MCU. I, That's, I, that, I have faith. It's yeah. like them bringing back Robert Downey Jr., but calling him like Steve Stark. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. back, but exactly. you're not exactly. It's like you're the same guy. It's just it's more. I think it's yeah. just more of a frustration of the MCU can't keep characters dead despite having the roster the size of <laughs> an entire country. Right. It's the fact that they can't keep characters dead, even though it's it might be a different version and it might not be any of the same character. It's the fact that. Vision's death in Infinity War now means a little bit less because they he's in some form or fashion alive, mm -hmm. and, and it's just more of a frustration that they can't keep characters dead. But let's talk exactly. about let's talk about like the big fight that happens. Um, what did we think of that whole whole affair with who? Uh, that, with Agatha and and Wanda? That to me was the best part of this episode, like getting these two witches, right, to, to, to battle and they, they, they sort of like go through each other's stories and, you know, and, and it's just a battle of wits and I, and I dug it and their fight scenes were real choreographed. I liked how it tied into the entire series and ultimately how, you know what I'm saying, Wanda is such a quick learner 
how she was able to flip something on to Agatha that she had just learned in like, you know, 20 minutes ago. So like, I really, I really, really dug it. I thought it was, I thought it was extremely well done. Right. And yeah. they set that up so well with Agatha saying, oh, only the witch who, you know, is in her own realm can cast her own magic because you could like see when Wanda was firing those like, you know, just balls of energy at Agatha. Some of them were missing her and like hitting the hex behind her. So I agree with Phoenix. That was, that was such a cool part of the episode. I think when tying back to like what she did in um, Age of Ultron, where she kind of like did the little thing and like gotten, gotten mm -hmm. like Thor's head. Um, and then she did that to Agatha. It makes Agatha's, past i mean i know when we talked episode eight we were like that wasn't really needed it seemed like unnecessary but then it was necessary because then we went back we saw it for what it was that's when scarlet witch started to come out of wanda which was for sure the best part of the episode absolutely yeah i i will say this um i like we mentioned earlier we loved seeing how Wanda was flipping the page on at, on Agatha using her powers. I, I liked when um, Wanda made herself go invisible like um, Agatha did when she teleported from the stage set to outside where she was choking her kids. She did the same thing to her when she the, the, little, the little snap and she disappeared. I'm like, ah, she's slipping her magic on her. She's doing what she did. And then, yeah, she... She did what she did to everybody in um, Age of Ultron is like giving them false, uh, well, make giving them like um, bad visions in their head, just like when she did with Agatha. That I really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really cool about like the the house that the witch the witch makes the rules or something like whatever terminology that was. That was really cool. That was so well done. Just little lines make the difference in the show, and, and I. I thought that was so well done. And it was a moment that was truly earned. Um, I, I thought that was really, really earned. Well, also, too, is that I loved how Agatha like took Wanda's power. And that's kind of how everything like started. Is that like when you saw her hand start to like age when she like, you know, did the spell on her, well, like, oh man, like and it was kind of like, okay, what's like how is she gonna like move past past this? So that was sweet. Too. See, after watching the CW shows, uh, CW DC shows for so long, <laughs> when there there were so many moments where like Barry Allen gives up his speed, I thought they were gonna go that route where they were gonna like end the show without with her without her powers, and then they would just randomly go back and be like, oh yeah, she's activating her powers again. Right. I thought they were gonna go that route. I'm super glad they didn't because it never works in the Flash, and it's they're doing it again to where he has like one percent one percent left of his speed. Which is so stupid. So, <laughs> I I also really enjoyed Wanda and how her storyline concluded. Yeah. Right. I get this was a show about Wanda, and it was her trying to become the Scarlet Witch and her story. Like I get that. And I think that was done very well. Of course, it wasn't perfect. There were a couple things that could have been cleaned up from her specific story, but I think it was done really well. Her transformation into the Scarlet Witch did feel earned in my mind. Um, and, and now she is the most powerful Avenger without question. She'll probably create the multiverse. I just think that 
that her story and her conclusion and her transformation was done very well. Well, not only that too, but episode, I don't know how you guys felt about episode eight because it was just Nathan and I on that episode. But episode, I loved episode eight because it kind of, we were able to, like Wanda in episode eight, we were able to leave everything in the past and kind of like move forward with the story in episode nine. And everything in episode eight made episode nine so much better because we knew how her and Vision had that relationship and how he was talking about loss and how she was just so defeated from losing Pietro and losing her family. And then she lost Vision to create this whole fake reality. And then at the end, she moved past all that and knew that she had to get rid of them to to save herself and, and like Nathan said it felt super earned and it made the storyline that much more meaningful because we know that how hard that was for her to do that and to even look like the villain in in the town yeah. when she walked out uh I want to point out two things two things that I really uh really loved about this uh the the new Scarlet Witch outfit yeah uh my god <laughs> and i especially love that uh the halloween episode or whatever we see like the the comic book version of it and it looks like how incredible like t- tacky it looks and then we see this the 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 live action version of that outfit and it's like talk about just taking it up a notch and just it's really spectacular that's something i really loved also when she transforms Agatha back into Agnes uh it's interesting because even though you know she really can't fight that whole uh that hold that that uh Wanda Wanda has on her you can tell in her face like there's a little bit of resistance of trying to get away so it's like Catherine Hahn like is is so good. Here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry. She's so good at this role. Like just how she like is able to uh, play up, you know, the 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 nosy neighbor aspect while still keeping an actress, Phoenix. That's her job. She's a fantastic actress. She does. She did a good job. She's great. She's great at her job. All right, we're gonna be talking. I will not tolerate this Catherine Hahn slander. Even that, like, even White Vision going off and Catherine Hahn being back to Agnes, not Agatha. Like, we know, like, she broke, whether she broke or whether she just kind of was there, she broke the spell the first time to control her. And she's going to break it again. Yeah. And she's going to be a villain again, which is going to be super exciting. So, so let's move on to the first post credits scene which was Monica-centric. And I do want to say shout-out to Phoenix for calling this a few months ago. Yeah. That scrolls were involved, and I will stick by what I <laughs> stuck by back then. Um, I hated this. I really did. Like, okay. First of all, <laughs> you know how much I love my Reed Richards theory. And yeah. the way that they were talking, someone wants to see you. Like, that was perfect. Okay, but let's set that aside. They had the perfect opportunity. They didn't take it. Okay, let's set that aside. I'm not going to mention that again. They have become so over-reliant on these scrolls now that they're going to lose their magic. They are. Look, the scrolls are so cool because you don't know who to trust and you don't know who's who. 
and you don't know if they're real people or not. So when they make that turn into a skull, it's supposed to be like, whoa, like when Nick Fury and Maria Hill did in Far From Home. That was cool. We were like, whoa, wow. The female that did it in this, I rolled my eyes and I was like, really? (laughs) They are becoming so over-dependent on these things now that they're they're losing their magic. I'm sorry. They just are. Like, uh, Like I said, set the Reed Richards thing aside. That is not where my frustration comes from. It's more so ever since they introduced the scrolls in Captain Marvel, they've been in every single piece of MCU content since. And that is just so obnoxious. We get it. There are scrolls. We get it. They can transform into people and you don't know who's who. Stop showing us every freaking MCU thing you do. Uh, See, I think they're too reliant on trying to set up Captain Marvel too, because back to back, as far as MCU content goes, we had Far From Home, nothing else for mcu content and then boom wandavision both and yeah we, like we said both in credit scenes have set up scrolls and it just seems like they're constantly trying to set up captain marvel too and i don't know how you guys feel about this and- film i personally didn't like captain marvel and like captain marvel too if you're trying to set it up for a whole scroll thing set it up on your own time don't try <laughs> and use these other shows to try and use this other content to bring it in. But here's the thing is you don't, you don't need to set Monica up to go to that movie. She was literally in Captain Marvel as a little girl. We know her relationship with scrolls. We know her relationship with fury. She can just show up in Captain Marvel, or you can make it a five minute opening scene to that movie. Like you don't need to show this. There are some end credit scenes in the MCU that need setting up, right? Like, Nick Fury approaching Iron Man needed to be there. Bucky waking up in Wakanda needed to be there. Uh, the the Mysterio calling out Spider Man needed to be. This did not need to be here. Like it was just such a wasted scene that like this just doesn't need explanation. Well, uh, I want to argue two points. I do I do think there's an over reliance on the scrolls, but at the same time, I think what they're trying to avoid is is this is the issue that they had with the first captain marvel movie which is that as a movie itself it had way too much heavy lifting to do you know what i'm saying it was it was tucked in between infinity war and endgame and and it also had to go back in time to to you know set up things that happened before even the first iron man and it had to establish the scrolls it had to establish the kree it just had way too much stuff to do. So I think what they're doing now is planting those seeds so that the movie itself doesn't have to do all, all of the work by itself. Also, See, I, I can also, get where you're coming what, from. What we're forgetting is Captain Marvel is eight. Eight out of 24 movies for revenue. This made over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Marvel knows. Marvel knows that. Marvel knows that. So... He makes over a million dollars. dollars. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead, Brian. I like. I can see where you're coming from, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, they set up Captain Marvel to be like the God's grace, saving grace of <laughs> for Endgame, but she was hardly used. Like, it's whenever she's, she's not talking. It's because she's yeah, exactly. Well, like, like, Whenever she's not talking shit, she's just flying through the battlefield trying to do something. 
right. Well, okay. This Captain Marvel hate is yeah. Nick and I actually I, like Captain Marvel. I like I like Captain Marvel as a character. I was talking about the movie itself. The movie we like itself. both. So um, well, okay. that's an argument for another time. But <laughs> let's stick to Wandavision. I, I'm sorry. Like, right. They're just they're using the scrolls in every. They've used them in every single piece of MCU content since they've been introduced. And the cool thing about the scrolls, right? And the cool is an opinion, right? But it's a fact that they can turn into people. You don't know who's who. You don't know where they are. So what was cool about Far From Home was we don't know how long Nick Fury's been a scroll. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know that. He could have been it ever since Winter Soldier or further. So now it questions how long it's been. But when you start turning up scrolls everywhere, everywhere, right. the next time you make a turn, I'm not going to be surprised. And I wasn't this time either. I was like, really again <laughs> again mm-hmm. are you serious so now i'm just gonna start thinking everyone's a scroll well, just so my expectations are because they might as well make everyone one now my my thing with the scroll is i'm different from nathan is th- it's not the fact that they've been in any uh, every mcu project that really doesn't bother me it's for the fact that we don't know who this character is this is the first time that we're seeing her and for the fact that in her first scene, she turns in as a scroll. It's not for the fact that, like, uh, she's a scroll. It's more of the fact that we don't know who she is, and mm-hmm. she turns into a so scroll. So it's meaningless. Right, right. Right, exactly. If, if it was, if like, she Hayward was, or something. Right, exactly. If she was set up throughout the whole series, and then she was like, oh, we need to talk, and then she was a scroll, we'd be like, whoa, right? It mm-hmm. wouldn't be meaningless, and it wouldn't be like, oh, they're using him too much. They're not using them too much. Sure, they've been in every project, but I don't think that's using them too much. They're part of the universe. It's just for the fact that literally the first time we meet her, she turns into a scroll. That's what makes it I mean, I think feel un- unvalued. I think they're using them too much because they went, what, 11 years or 10 years <laughs> without using a single scroll, and now they've used them four times since? Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why. And maybe it's not – to me, they just are because it's like – what can we do? Oh, we can write a scroll in here for no mm-hmm. reason. Like right, right. that'll that'll drop some draws. Like mm-hmm. what? Why? See, here's my issue with the scrolls: is like they could eat. Like let's just say, like a character dies, they could be like, "Oh, he was a scroll." What? He's just been up in space the whole freaking and, and time. This is, this is where this is where I will personally leave it on the scrolls. It's they are meant to be. Whoa, that was a scroll the whole time. My mind is blown. But when you constantly, repeatedly pull this routine, especially on characters we have no idea who they even are, it loses its value. It loses Mm -hmm. its lust. It loses its surprise aspect. So when you keep pulling it over and over and over again, it's going to lose its surprise value. And really... That's the best thing about the scrolls is the surprise value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, they, they they made it work in Far From Home because we knew Nick Fury and Maria Hill for over 10, 11 years. We've known them for so long. And to see them in the entire film and just be like, oh, what? They were a scroll this whole time? And then you're theorizing. With this, like we said, this lady, we hardly know her. Right. It, like the shock value wasn't there. Right. Well, what? Let's talk about the the final final end credit scene. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. 
in Doctor Strange, we see the astro projection, right? Mm-hmm. But he's asleep. And it's like you can kind of see through him. But when Wanda's doing it, she's awake. She's not see-through. She's, in, she's you know, solid. And she's literally awake. And she's she's doing this. Something that I saw that was really cool was in the Darkhold, in, somebody said that, you could see like these circles on the page kind of like combining, which could represent the multiverse. She's mm-hmm. kind of like joining together the, the multiverse becoming Scarlet, Witch, learning also the dark hole is like, it's not good. Dark no. hole. It's not good. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how it's affected Wanda in the, in the, in the future phase yeah. four projects. I, so. I just want to say that scene. Um, listen, I have my issues with episode nine. I did think it was a fan. I thought it was a fitting ending for this series, but that final scene was the best scene in this entire thing because exactly it, it literally showed how incredibly powerful Wanda is. Yes. But it also showed how incredibly dangerous the dark hold is yep. and how incredibly dangerous it is that she has it like, and like, and how like, because she's already too powerful and now she's pulling from dark magic like the ancient one used to like like it it, Uh she's going to be unstoppable and like my hype for for the future is literally built into that one scene because she's like it's it's so scary what she can do and that's what i'm looking forward to and and kind of i go ahead brand I agree with you there, Phoenix. Like, I this is where I'm thinking that Wanda will be the villain in Doctor Strange 2. She's going to accidentally activate the multiverse. And Doctor Strange is be like, Wanda, what the fuck did you do? And she's be like, <laughs> I, but like, I think I have, I highly think Wanda is going to be the villain in Doctor Strange 2 because of how this scene went. She's yeah. way more powerful than Doctor Strange, as they showed, as she's able to keep her regular self walking around while her astral projection is like reading through stuff and then you have the dark you have the dark theme of the doctor strange music yeah of the doctor strange theme it's played in like a dark villainous tone oh while so she's i didn't doing even notice that, that. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah also it, also when i was talking about all the things that they wanted to do doctor strange was supposed to be in this show too mm. so but because of covid they couldn't fit him in right but but I think this ties together everything that they're trying to do for phase four, right? This, this show was trying to set up phase four. I think it was trying to set up the multiverse. I think, and, and this is my, my big, big thing, right? With, with these weekly releases that, that it's set up to be, and because of how of a mystery show that this was, there was going to be fan theories, right? Right. And I, I feel like you can be disappointed in your fan theories as much as you want. It would have been sweet to have X-Men. It would have been <laughs> sweet to have mutants. It would have been sweet to see Doctor Strange. It would even be sweet for, for Reed Richards or some other cameo. But I, I truly believe, I truly believe that when they sat down and started writing this show, they were just writing it for an intro to phase four, a, you know, description and backstory for what wanda was and and that's what it was 
And I think as we got further and further into the show, Kevin Feige and Marvel was like, oh, snap. Like, this <laughs> was so much bigger than we thought it was going to be. Right. This got so much more attention than we thought it was going to be. We thought it was just going to be this show, but, like, oh, it blew up. Like, people staying up till 3 a.m. to wait till it came out. All right. these fan theories on Twitter, like, I think – it blew up in their face in a negative way and they didn't see this much coming. And I think that's well, what happened. I want to point out like this, this was, this was totally our fault, right? <laughs> because right. no, because no, I'll explain. I'll explain. No. Right. Because the show itself was conceived of written, casted shot. What? Two, three years ago. You know what I'm saying? And like, and then they weren't expecting an entire year off without Marvel content, right? So right. like, so like, all of those things, and you 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 get to the the, and this wasn't even supposed to be the kickoff to Phase Four. This was supposed to come. Right. This was supposed to come after, after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. A- so, after Falcon and Winter Soldier, and like two or three weeks before Doctor Strange too. And exactly. After Eternals. Yeah. Right. After the Eternals. So like everything, everything that that could have essentially been already laid out wasn't available yeah so so like there's like you know so so they pretty much put this show out with how they had conceived of it and written of it and shot it exactly three years ago while we're putting out theories that make sense for what the mcu could be had we had all of that other stuff so right. like this is why i think like this is this is partially this is mostly our fault. It, it's we it's just... like locking us in a room with like <laughs> not having our phones, not having technology, and just locking us in a room for like a week and just having no technology. And as soon as you get out, you're like, my phone, my yeah, laptop. Right. Like I need to talk. I need to go on social media. Like that's that's exactly what this was. It was like opening a can of worms and not knowing that these ginormous worms were going to come out because of of how, how long it's been without MCU content. And and to go off your point, Phoenix, too, is that I'm going to rewatch the show probably this summer with my girlfriend. Um, she We just don't have time to, to watch it right now. But I'll be interested to see, like, how it goes watching it back to back to mm-hmm. back and not waiting a week in between episodes and mm-hmm. see if it's like, oh, like, to see if it decreases on the, oh, this could be it and this could happen. Right, right. X-Men. Right. <laughs> All right, so I would love to to interject here. So, if I could please say this without interruption, <laughs> that would be great. Right, I'm gonna I'm leave. I've heard this like eight times. Let me know. He, he's he's leaving because he knows I'm right. So, <laughs> so here's what it is, right? Some of the theories, absolutely, are on us. Yeah, Ultron, as sweet as that would have been, oh, would have been so. They sweet. left no <laughs> inkling of that. Right. Reed Richards, for, for my theory, I think they kind of set it up, but they really gave us no inkling. Right. So those wild theories, that's on us, right? But what I can't Then they come stand, in with the cock tease. What did I say, bro? I, I want to say that's uninterrupted. <laughs> I, so, I had to I had to make the I had to make the cock tease reference because I know exactly where you're going with this. Go for it. I, I can't stand when people say you were disappointed because you had too high expectations for this show specifically. Because look, 
if we were expecting Ultron, we were expecting Michael Fassbender. Right. Sure. That's on us, right? Well, that is on us. But when you cast, and, and this is where I disagree with the whole, they didn't know how big it was going to get thing. Sure, they might not have known, but they knew damn well that they were casting Evan Peters. Right. They knew that. They knew that we would not just look the other way and be like, oh, that's cool. That's an X-Men guy. <laughs> they knew what they were doing there. Okay. And when you say, when you cast Evan Peters after our knowledge of the real world, you just acquired the X-Men right. and you know, you're going to have them in your universe. Eventually you have a movie coming up called multiverse of madness, mm -hmm. which is multiverse. And Wanda is supposed to be in it. You announced that. And now you have Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men franchise, coming into this show. Okay, that is not some crazy, let my mind run wild <laughs> theory. That is something that actually happened, that they put in the show. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about disappointments. We can talk about fan theories all we want. This is something they put in. Okay. You can't put a thought into my brain. No, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> you can't put a thought into my brain and ex be mad at me for having it in there. You can't tell me to drive down a certain road and then tell me I'm an idiot for driving down that road. <laughs> you can't do that. I'm sorry. So with everything that they did with Evan Peters, right. and then for it to lead to nowhere, to lead to Ralph Boner, <laughs> if that comes to be something, great. But for what it is right now, judging what it is right now, I'm sorry. That was such a huge mislead. And it wasn't a red herring. It wasn't a ha-ha got you. No. You can't tell me that Kevin Feige is not smart enough to be like, wait, this is definitely going to F with everyone. So here's the other thing. Uh-huh. Is Paul Bettany saying there is a huge cameo, an actor I've always wanted to work with. Right, right. That is not the troll job of the century. That's not a troll job. <laughs> That's not a, oh, I wanted, uh, it was a joke. I didn't know how big it would get. Bro, you work for Marvel. <laughs> you know people are going to take you seriously. And then, oh, it was myself. And you have someone directly asked Elizabeth Olsen, is there a Luke Skywalker cameo? She says, Yes, I can't wait for you guys to see it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you are intentionally misleading your audience. Okay, this is not when there's when two people say there's a cameo, mm -hmm. it's going to be huge, mm -hmm. an actor I've always wanted to work with. That is not letting You're my imagination run wild. This is not letting my imagination run wild. This is not evolving theories that are crazy. These are straight from the source telling us. And that is a huge mistake they made. I'm sorry, it is. Okay. When you, you can't tell me to drive down a certain road and then say it's my fault for driving down that road. Sure, it got a little crazy. We all got a little crazy with mm -hmm. the theories. Everyone did. <laughs> Everyone did. But with Evan Peters, mm -hmm. knowing they're going to bring in the multiverse, knowing they acquired X-Men, mm -hmm. casting him specifically as some no-name in this show, mm-hmm and Paul Bettany blatantly lying. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like that is just intentionally misleading mm -hmm. and nobody can blame <laughs> the individuals for believing them with what they say in that text. 
So yes, the Ultron theories were crazy. The Reed Richards theory were crazy. The Patrick Stewart theories were crazy. That's on us. Yeah, that's on us. But the Pietro theories, right. the who is the cameo theories, no. You 100% set the audience up for disappointment when you did that. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I have to say this. Okay. While I do think that uh, it was misleading, um, I think that Kevin Feige did that fully knowing that it was misleading. I feel like they definitely, definitely felt that if we put someone from the X-Men universe in this show, it will lead people down that road, especially because it's gonna be released on a weekly basis. They'll have a lot of time to just think about what this could mean and yada, yada. And this whole time we've been thinking that the villain could be Mephisto or Nightmare or the please stand by screen. The whole time it was Kevin Feige. It was Kevin Feige twirling his mustache behind the scenes going, look at them squirm. This is where I only half agree with people who say this was Wanda's story. Guys, before you talk about disappointments, let's remember this was just Wanda's story. It's not supposed to set up the X-Men or the multiverse. Uh, That's great. I understand that. Then don't cast Evan Peters. No, you do it. You can't you put that in our brain that. and then be mad at us for thinking it. But that's you what can't that's, do that. that's the genius of it. That was it's the not whole genius. Point. That was the whole point was it's to not drive genius. you crazy, was to lead you down this path. It's not genius. That had it's nothing intentionally to do with misleading. It was. In- it that was the point. It was the the point was to be intentionally misleading. So you were di- you have gone on record saying it was a disappointing finale. I didn't say Part disappointing. Of it- I said it was fitting. Not not fabulous, but fitting. You said it was not a good bookend. Uh, no, that was that was Brandon, I think. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> the some theories were crazy. Yes, that's on us. Right. But with those two theories, the cameo and the Evan Peters one. Now the, the that only- you you intentionally set up your okay, audience to, to be disappointed to be with fair, those two things. To be fair. The cameo one was not actually said. That was misleading. Like it was a headline because she had asked her, the interviewer had asked her, is there a Luke Skywalker style cameo? She said in, yes. In WandaVision. She did not say yes. She said, I think there is, in that um it would be really cool if if we have that, and I hope we do, and I can't wait for people to see it. Now, that could be. It could be that she knew that there wasn't and she intentionally misled people in that in that way. That is possible. However, I don't I think there is something to that. It just didn't come out in this show. All right. We'll talk about the Paul Bettany one then. That was just that yeah, was the Paul Bettany one. When you was- intentionally <laughs> deceive I'm not calling them liars. I'm not saying the show's bad for it. All I'm saying is when you intentionally mislead the audience, not with a trailer, not with a whoops, gotcha, with <laughs> something like this, you are but, expect you are telling people to be disappointed. However, you just though, are. This is something Marvel has always done, though. Like no, even yeah. like in their trailers, in their trailers, like those you know are trailers for giant team up movies. Yeah, not one of their actors straight up saying, "Yeah, there's a huge cameo, someone <laughs> I've always wanted to work with." 
with our but working I mean, knowledge of them is... purchasing the X-Men and Fantastic Four. So they used, they used your knowledge against you. That's all they did. That's all they did. They they played us for suckers, which is great. You know what I'm saying? Because it's 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 definitely different. It's something they haven't done before. And it it, it keeps your excitement. And it, it, it maintained our excitement for nine weeks as we sit, sat up here and plotted who it could be, how they could get it done. And it was genius. It was genius from a marketing standpoint. I'm sorry that you think that that's genius, but La La Land isn't. I'm so sorry for you. I mean, Arrival, it's okay. it's okay. Arrival isn't genius in your mind, no, but it's, it's, intentionally it's, casting it's, Evan it's, Peters Quicksilver to be a no-name Ralph Boner is genius. I'm sorry for you. I, I feel well, really like, No, no, like, don't, well, we see, any... Here, I'll, I'll break. I'll break it. I, I think Phoenix is right, is that they did exactly their goal. They had a show. They had nine episodes. They kept us engaged. They kept us talking about it literally every single step of the way. It's it's like the playoffs in football. Right. They intentionally keep it small because you know that after the season's over, they're like, oh, well, does this team deserve it? Well, maybe this team would have deserved it because this team got beat so bad. Well, mm-hmm. next year they should put this team in because this team got beat and this mm-hmm. team lost. They do it on purpose. They yeah. do it on purpose. For me, like Nathan said earlier in the episode, you got to take it at face value. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I'm taking That's the exactly show what I did. at face value. The show itself, I, I don't care that they said, oh, there's a cameo, right? I could mm-hmm. care less because if I see it, I see it. If there's not, it's not. It doesn't take away from me as the show. The more what took away from me at the show is that my own fan theories, my right. own like, it's the X-Men. It's the mutants. Oh, right. this person could be in it. This person can be it. I, 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 there's no part of me that's disappointed at, at this show at all. There's no part of me that's disappointed because of cameo. Paul Bettany said he wants to work with somebody that it's always somebody that he wanted to work with. It's himself. Ha ha. That's, that's fun. That's, that's funny. It that's is. funny, funny. So they did exactly what they, they, they needed to do. They hyped up this show. And they hyped up everybody who's been longing for MCU content since Infinity War or Endgame. They hyped it up for a year and a half and they did exactly what they needed to do. We we talked mm-hmm. about it for, for nine weeks. We're going to get a, a new, new show in two weeks that everybody's excited about because of how successful this one was. It's exactly what they needed to do. Not only that, and to talk about the Fiatro thing, <laughs> is... We still there's still so much more time. This this is like phase four. This is like reading chapter one of a, a story and being upset at something that happened in chapter one when there's literally have to take it at face value. When there's literally four hundred chapters or four hundred pages left. <laughs> we I, I agree. There's no way that it's a coincidence that they casted Evan Peters to mm-hmm. be Fiatro. I know that there's gonna be something down the line where he's involved. And I'm not disappointed about that. I know that there's something going to be involved. Jimmy Wu literally said in episode four, there's somebody in witness protection program, and he never mentioned who it was. It could easily be Pietro. It could easily be Pietro. The more yeah, disappointing thing I mean, about Pietro is the fact that they barely gave him any screen time. Yeah. That's the fact that we should be disappointed about. Because, like you said, Phoenix, the next movie is literally called Multiverse of Madness. Wanda is literally going to be in that. There's no way that they cast Evan Peters as Pietro. There's there's no way. <laughs> like the this show only just got me excited for the MCU again 
this show did exactly what it needed to do. I, I don't have time right now to sit down and watch the entirety of the MCU. But if I had the time, I would. Because it's got my excitement level back into the MCU. It's got me looking forward. I mean, I remember when they announced these shows to begin with. I was like, oh, we have to watch some shows to <laughs> stay connected to the MCU? How ridiculous. Right. <laughs> but now I'm like, give me give me Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I uh, let me rewatch the whole entirety of the MCU again. Let me rewatch WandaVision again. It did exactly what it needed to do to get us hyped for phase four after a year and a half hiatus of Marvel content. There's literally so there's this is like having somebody with 99 potential. This has 99 potential. We know they have X-Men. We know they have Fantastic Four. We know Pietro's here. We know about Wanda being a Nexus being. We know about her being in Doctor Strange and literally it being called Multiverse of Madness. We know about Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. We know all these things. So I'm just We don't back. know that. I'm just going to sit back because it's and still- let it play out and just see what happens. I'm going to be patient. But we don't know that Pietro is this because he's Ralph Boner at face value. Well, we can speculate. Exactly. But knowing the MCE, what we've speculated, <laughs> they've given us two middle fingers. Exactly. So and again, we, this, no, this, Pietro is, this is, is brilliant. nobody this at is, the moment. This is this is brilliant, subversive storytelling, right? That's all this is. I can't believe you choose to use that about a <laughs> fake casting. I'm, yes. I'm genuinely concerned for you. <laughs> I'm because like no like like Nick just said like the whole witness protection thing right the whole witness protection thing like oh like a, 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 the name Ralph Boner is too ridiculous exactly to be like a, a real person's name and even when she says it to him and he repeats it he almost says it laughing laughingly like that's a, that's a ridiculous fake name you know what I'm saying so like to me there's more to come with that exactly and it, it, i saw somebody I it, yeah I somebody on youtube was him, yeah somebody on youtube was saying oh it's ralph's not the hidden witness because of you could see them holding up a water bill and the water bill goes back seven months and you know they the, the water bill is higher this month because they had to water the flowers for agatha first of <laughs> all that's looking way too deep way too deep <laughs> second of all don't you think if you wanted somebody to be in witness protection program and you wanted somebody to be somebody who they're not, you would give this all this fake information. And I agree. Ralph Boner as, as a name with Evan Peters and with who he has been in the past with Quicksilver and who he literally played in the show. He was Quicksilver. Right. No but see, yeah. you're, you're, there's no way you get, you're playing two packs. sides of the coin here. You're saying, I want to take the show at face value, but then you're also saying I'm not bothered by Pietro because I know he's going to be something later. No. You got to take it. At, which one is it? Are you taking it at face value of the show? So he's a nobody right now, or are you expecting it to be better? Which no, one is it? No, I'm just saying that like the whole, the, the whole thing about her and Paul Bettany saying stuff about cameos. I could care less about that, to be honest, because that's the show. I'm just saying that, I'm more disappointed with how they used Pietro or Evan Peters in this show because he came in, him and Wanda didn't even really sit down and have a conversation about because anything. That that bothers me more than the fact of of the cameo. I mean, it to me that's just being well, mad. And you don't have to compare them. I mean, one one is intentionally misleading by putting one is comments, right? 
comments can be taken out of context. Yeah. One is literally a character in a show that we know plays Quicksilver in another universe, and we know they're setting up the multiverse. Forget the cameo for now. Let's just talk about Pietro. They intentionally Misled? put him in here to make him a nobody, and that is intentionally setting up your audience for disappointment. I'm sorry. What what did they expect? Did they expect in the writing room to sit around and be like, yeah, this is where Pietro is revealed as Ralph Boner, a.k.a. <laughs> a nobody, meaning absolutely nothing, to this show and uh the audience will get a good laugh out of that they won't expect him to be x-man multiverse they'll get a good laugh and and everything will be forgiven no 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 there's no no way no no no. i i like i said i purposely believe that they put him in there and wrote him off as a joke on purpose okay like they they meant to do this like they meant to build him up make him into something that you thought like the 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 Mandarin, right? This is the Mandarin all over again, right? Yeah, and he and, said, he said, and, Matt Shackman said, that's my favorite MCU moment or favorite thing about the Iron Man trilogy. <laughs> also, that is like a universally hated twist. <laughs> so the fact that he likes that means he likes drinking I mean, piss. I Like that's just, <laughs> that was just weird. Like no one likes that. No one likes that. <laughs> but I, 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 I didn't mind the Mandarin twist. I like, okay, like it was, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I, I didn't mind it. This one, See, I, for, for I, after seven years, after seven years of fans complaining about that Mandarin twist, they're finally going back and fixing it and bringing in the real Mandarin. Exactly, exactly. So we don't know how long it may take for the the whole Ralph Boner thing to actually turn around, if it turns around, but. As far as the twist goes, I, I, I think it was on purpose. I think it was meant to give people the perception of something greater and then ultimately be be left on the on the vine as a joke. And yeah, it's not great. It's not something that like that that definitely will give fans disappointment, but I think they know that. That's that's right, what I'm but saying. But also here's here's my thing, right? Is that episode eight had a lot of backstory for Wanda and it propelled the story forward. And we're like, we got all the answers we, we have. And, and they, it made it better for episode nine when, when she had to say goodbye to her kids and when she had to say goodbye to vision, we knew all the trauma that she's been through. So it made it worth it when she took Agnes back to when she took at her um, coat or whatever the word is. Um, all the the witch's power we knew that they set that up in episode eight so it made it more worth it this show is is right now we're we're laughing at the whole ralph boner thing when multiverse of madness comes out and phase four comes out we're gonna be like yep that was worth it because of of how it's gonna turn out i i'm just sitting back right now and just just enjoying it right they they're gonna turn it around. We know. We know that there's the multiverse. We know that. So I'm. I'm sitting back. I'm. I'm relaxing. I mean, I. I trust what Marvel's gonna do, and I trust that that they're gonna do the right thing. As of right. As of right now, everybody was so high strung on all these fan theories, and they probably knew that. And then they threw this this wrench in in the works, and they're like, whoa, 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 hold up. 
It's right. not yet. You got to be patient. And that's the point. The point is to get excited for phase four. They moved this in front of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow for a reason. And I just got to trust the process. But for face value, he's a nobody. When as, the time comes that they make okay. him a someone, that's okay. I will be happy because his character isn't meaningless. Right. What? And I will, this is where I'll leave it on the PHR thing for myself is sure he could be someone i would love that that means they didn't waste him but whether you work for marvel whether you're somebody on twitter whether you're on this podcast today with us you cannot tell me or anyone else you had your expectations too high with x-men multiverse or pietro i'm sorry you're just not allowed to say those things because you can't do what they did and expect you to just laugh it off. Yeah, and it's I, just and not I, not possible. And I think and I think that's that's where the disappointment comes in is that the expectations were too high. That's all right. it was. Like, that they set expectations that they that themselves they, that the they show put set. in front of you that they put right. in front of you. But listen, I trust in Feige. All exactly. all all will be well. Like, exactly. They they did they did all this on purpose. It's it's like leaving a breadcrumb trail. They, the point of the show is to be a mystery. The point of the show is for you to talk about it. They knew in the writers' room what they were doing, and yeah. in the future, it's all gonna be worth it. We're we're gonna watch Wandavision in three years and and be like, wow, this show was so great. Yeah, but it made it that much more great when we learned the whole story this is this is like somebody handing you one piece of of a cake and you're like oh there's there's some design on this but i i don't know i can't see everything else and they're like yeah that's the point that's that's what and i look forward to that day i really do they should (laughs) not have hyped up certain things then i look forward to that day it's a setup show i'm not expecting to get every single answer right but they should not have done Certain things. Certain That's things. all there is. That's all there is. So let's talk about something else now. Agatha is another thing that I don't feel as strongly about, but something that I feel like they wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner, introducing her with two episodes left. And one's a flashback yeah. episode where no matter how you feel, love it, dislike it, she doesn't do anything in that episode but walk around. And then at the end of the episode is actually being a villain. So they wrote her to be an actual villain in one episode that we know of. And that's just a little frustrating because I would have loved to see her escape and be lurking out there as a villain. I know she will probably return because she's in her neighbor form. I am sure in like eight years, five years, (laughs) we'll be like, wow, that's sweet. Agatha's back. I cannot wait for that i'm confident she will return it's just a little frustrating that they only used her for one episode yeah pretty much and we're awaiting her return from her imprisonment Mm -hmm. it just would have been a lot better if she was able to to get away somehow and be lurking out in the background because i don't know they, they built her up we thought she was so powerful only for one episode and that's more of a little frustrating and see, it's the same thing with Pietro. No, we thought not. he was going to be one thing, and he wasn't. And eh. we're just awaiting for it's his. It's not return. the same thing. It's the same. Thing. It's not the same thing. They literally, 
introduce the villain of a show for one episode. Yeah, and that's that's where I feel like the again with the the final episode. If you had thrown in an extra 10, 15 minutes, that 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 might have just, you know, like I said, you could have given that to Hayward's character, you could have given that to Agatha's, but yeah. Jimmy Woo. Or Jimmy Woo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like there was things that were set up that that didn't really finish and like i said like mm-hmm. there's room later down the road obviously to close all of these gaps but i get where where nathan's coming from where it's like because this is only a nine episode season um like like you could finish all of that out like finish it out like there's no reason to there's no reason to hold it up and and like build it over two three things or, or something like that you know what i'm saying i don't know if we'll see jimmy woo and in, in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know if Agatha pops up, you know what I'm saying, and She-Hulk or whatever, but like, I would love to have, have gotten all of these things wrapped up in this. And I know, I know there's going to be a payoff for her. I know she's coming back, right? Right. This will be answered, and yeah. unlike the PHR, there's a little more unclarity, but it's just obnoxious that there's nine episodes, and she's only a villain for one, and yeah. then there's a nice little bow on it for one. Like you built her up all show to use her for 40 minutes. Right. And then you put a bow on it. And even though that bow will eventually be unwrapped, you only, she was only a threat to our hero for one episode. And I, I can say the same for Hayward, right? Definitely. Yeah. Because we saw it with shield in the past turning into Hydra. And I remember saying to Nathan, I really hope they don't throw away another government agency and turn them into it being evil. And luckily it was just Hayward. But something that I love in movies, whether the movie's bad, whether it's good, I I want well-explained motivations. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what I need from, from somebody who's going to be a villain what what were Hayward's motivations? So what was what was his motivation of of doing that? We so, we know that he wanted three billion dollars from Vision. Well, what was the point of building White Vision? So I kind of have a little bit of an answer for that. Like he survived the snap. He saw what the world was like for five years while everything went to shit. So he saw superheroes not do their job. Right. And he right. saw super villains rule the world destroy the world right and that he says was so devastating to live through for five years so he is probably one of those believers of no superhero individuals right none good bad none so he probably his motivations were just to take out wanda because he doesn't want any superpowered individuals because that snap was too crazy but I will agree with you that they, could have they didn't do anything with him in the last Nothing. few episodes. Yeah. That I agree with. So I think his motivations were actually pretty solid from that standpoint. Right. But the last four episodes, he's barely even in it. Yeah. He's barely in it at all. They don't give him anything to do. Right. And that, that and to he, me, that to me was the most like upsetting part because I feel I feel like for six episodes they set him up to be a very intriguing character, or right. at least three episodes, like when he finally comes into the picture. But they set him up to be a very in, intriguing character, and then he he has his motivation isn't revealed. Like it's teased, 
certainly, but it's not yeah. real. And and you know and what? That, he doesn't he doesn't need to end up being Ultron or anything like that. Right, right. But and it turns Ultron, out he's just a jerk that we don't get to right. see. And, like and that's and just like not just not just that it, the motivation isn't revealed, but like his actions make no sense. Like you're you're gonna go into a world that a superpowered being created with her own magic and fire guns, like what? Like you're talking about someone who has the ability to literally reshape reality and you think guns are going to do something is just it was so poorly executed that yeah. it, it was laughable yeah, and then the fact he was gonna go shoot the kids after seeing them use super speed and morph reality yeah it's well, and like, also, like my thing too is that like Nathan mentioned about him not liking superhero beings the big part of the x-men universe is them mutants being looked upon as bad and different. And that's like the whole big overarching storyline of the mutants. And I highly believe that when the mutants come into the MCU, that will be an overarching storyline. And they could have done so much more with his motivation. Like even if they would have shown a couple scenes of him during the blip or given him more screen time, like that, that's what we needed. Like yeah. villains, villains are supposed to be villains, but the reason why Thanos is one of the best villains of all time, the reason why one of the joke, the Joker is one of the best villains of all time, is because you can at least be like, I don't agree with them, but I can at least understand see exactly yeah. see where they're coming from, and we don't get that from. But anywhere. see, that's also my complaint. A little bit of my complaint with Agatha is we get her for an episode, and right. though she will be coming back, and that'll be great. We they only don't. use her for right. what we're complaining about. Hayward is he just kind of stands around as a jerk and then they don't do anything with him. Well, they don't really do anything with Agatha either. Like right. sure. She's pulling strings and sure. She's a witch for a whole episode. But other than that, like they, they used her too late in the game. They put right. her in too late in the game. And that was weird. And, and the, another thing that does not bother me, I just want to say it is they sell this whole show they show they sell this whole sh- whole show on the Wanda Vision dynamic right Wanda and Vision them together their relationship well starting in episode 6 the Halloween episode for the next 4 they're episodes 6 7 8 9 <laughs> yeah. they're not even together yeah they're not they don't even get together till the end cuz you got Vision going out to patrol on Halloween and trying to discover and finds Agatha in the car then you got him driving around with Darcy, even though he can fly. Driving <laughs> around with Darcy separated. He's not even in episode, episode eight. eight, except for that flashback, but that's not him. And then in episode nine, they're reunited. So, like, it's just, it's not something that bothers me. It's just bizarre that they sell this whole WandaVision thing. And other than the MC, it's the MCU. That's kind of their selling point. Yet, for almost half the season, they're not even together. That's just bizarre to me. Okay, so uh, I feel like we we've uh, gone over episode nine fairly well. Uh, so let's give our overarching, and we also did this a bit well as much as well. But overarching opinions on Wandavision as a whole. Uh, I'll start. Um, I love this show. I really did. I really enjoyed it thoroughly. I think. Uh, they executed the sitcom aspect very well, at least for the first 
six episodes. Um, and I think the greater MCU is teased and explored uh, in the latter episodes. And I think it sets up a much interesting future within the MCU. So overall, I, I dug it. There are some issues, no doubt, but overall, I dug it. I'll go, I guess I'll go next. Okay, at, we keep mentioning the word face value. I'll I'll say that as well. At face value, it's great. And when you start to dive into things, it's great. When you try and wrap it up, it kind of misses what they had set up the entire time. But overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, w- I wouldn't have minded another episode or at least 15 extra minutes for them to fully unravel everything. I w- it's like with the Rise of Skywalker, that extra runtime was needed. I feel like with this one, that extra runtime was needed for a finale. But like we said at face value, we we see that there's stuff getting set up for the future. So clearly they have a plan in place. And I'm, I'm interested to see how the future of this goes with not just this, but Falcon the Winter Soldier, Loki. I'm interested to see how the rest of this M- uh, or the rest of the MCU goes from these shows. So overall, I really enjoyed WandaVision, just the finale. Um, just didn't do it for me. For me, um, I I like certain things, right? Like, I really liked Wanda's story. I liked the whole her creating the hex, her becoming the Scarlet Witch. I loved her relationship with Vision and exploring her pain and everything like that. And, and it's like Nick said earlier, if you locked yourself in a room without your phone, without all these theories and you just watched it straight for five and a half hours, I, I think it's really good. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we do hear what celebrities say, and we do are aware of, of properties and things that will be revealed in the future. So I think as a standalone show, it's good. It's pretty good. But unfortunately, it's not what it is. It's supposed to set things up. It's supposed to indulge in the larger mcu and i think they really missed the boat like really and that's not because reed richards didn't show up that's not because ultron wasn't there it's because of what we spent a bulk of time mentioning earlier the pietro the agatha the cameo the scrolls like they just they missed the mark on making it other than other than she is now the scarlet witch I don't feel like this show provides much value for what it is at right now. Later on, it absolutely could say, wow, based on the events of XYZ, WandaVision now has more value. Absolutely. But for where we are at right now, all this did for me personally was set up Wanda for Scarlet Witch. So in a nutshell, I really love Wanda's stuff. If it's not Wanda's stuff in this show... I think they really missed out. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to go more on the on the Phoenix side. I really enjoyed this show. Um, it's turned Scarlet Witch and Vision into um, some of my favorite characters in the, the MCU uh, because of, of how much time we are able to spend with them. The, the big thing with Infinity War and Endgame is that you you didn't really get side stories from, from these characters. I mean, we obviously know captain america story we obviously know iron man story we know thor's story but we got three movies 
for all of them. There's three right. Iron Mans, there's three Captain Americas, there's three Thors. We know them because we spend a lot of time with them. But for other side characters, you kind of don't get a lot of context for their stories. And I think one of those characters that was always there, but not always in the forefront was Wanda. And I think them exploring the show, I think there was a large amount of world building that needed to happen. And, you know, I, I think we've talked about some problems overall, but for me, I think it just comes with an experience. This is Marvel's first show. There's still a couple more shows that are scheduled to come out. This is not the end of MCU shows as we know it. There's going to be future shows that have not been talked about, but will come. They will get better at this whole TV stuff. There's, there's going to be stuff that's going to get better. So as, as WandaVision, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I can't wait to, to rewatch the MCU and this show. Um, and I think the MCU will, will get better as a whole because of it. And speaking on that point, we are going to be doing continuing our weekly episode reviews. So once Falcon and the Winter Soldier releases in a couple weeks, I don't know when you're listening to this, but as the time we're recording this, a couple weeks, we will do weekly episode reviews just like we did for WandaVision. So hopefully you can stick with us for that. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to our weekly episode reviews, hearing our wrong theories, and hearing us break down episodes for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll be doing the exact same thing. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're keeping up because this is the first time we've had new MCU content for Film Code. So you definitely want to stick with us for the journey. Are we going to give overall scores of this, the show? I do want to hear everyone's overall ranking. All right. Uh, so I'll start. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I should have thought about this more. <laughs> I'm going to go episode... Well, no, 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 no. Like yeah. star rating out of five, Phoenix. Oh, star rating out of five. I can do that. Uh, I'm going four. Go, go. I'm going four out of five. Four out of five. Solid. Nathan, Brandon. I'll I'll say the same thing. Four out of five. I'm gonna go with the low ball, three and a half, closer <laughs> to the three side, because once again, I am gonna take this at face value as a show itself. I did have a good time. It's not a bad show by any means, but of course there are some frustrations. And this is one of the only times I'll do this. I'm going to give it a 4.25, just Ooh. right in between. Just really loved it as a show. Really enjoyed <laughs> it. So can't wait for, for more MCU content. Excellent. All right. That That's it. it. All right. That's it. Well, okay. thank you. Thank you for joining us for, for WandaVision. Thanks for joining us for this recap. Like I said, we will be having weekly reviews of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We plan on talking more MCU content. If this is your first time listening to us, we do other side segments. We've done interviews. And then we have a larger show overall where we review plenty of big movies. We've already done Nomadland, Trial of Chicago 7, My Rainy's Black Bottom, Tenant, as well as classics like Inception, Get Out, Uncut Gems, The Social Network. We've got so much content that you guys have to get over there and check out not just MCU stuff, I guarantee you will be your new favorite podcast. You just got to give us a listen and enjoy. So thank you guys so much for being here. If you could, please follow the show over on Twitter, on TikTok, and Instagram, at FilmCodePod. All three of those platforms have a little bit of something different. You're going to love each one. Just go ahead and give us a follow over there. 
plenty of opportunities to get shouted out on the show. And just want to thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you'll join us next time for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and for our episodes in the future. Absolutely. And my name is Phoenix Cloudin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterbox under PA Cloudin. And like Nathan said, please follow the show on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at FilmCodePod. Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter and Letterbox. That's Fantasmic Ears. I keep saying this every time that I'm on. I'm starting to finally log my films. Um, I haven't, I think I logged Raya. Uh, I just watched Raya and the Lost Dragon. Hoping to get a review out soon um, for that. So be sure to check that out on our Film Code website. Um, it's great to be on again. Um, I'll be on a couple reviews here and there um, in the coming future. Um, but yeah, WandaVision. I'm glad we overall enjoyed it. I'm excited for the future of the MCU. I'm excited for us, our reviews of these future MCU shows and these future MCU movies. And yeah, thank you guys again for listening. And I'm Nick Spain. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Nick Spain. Um, super behind on my reviews. I feel like that's a common trend, but working my way to get through it. So. My name is Nathan Pig. You can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig with two G's. Please go ahead and, and give us a follow. Let me know you're listening to the show. Would love to talk with you and, and just talk to other movie lovers. So hope you enjoyed. Thank you guys so much for, for breaking down WandaVision. Glad we had a full cast here and looking forward to the rest of the MCU. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Sparky too.